Awesome Show. And we are back for another The Mad Awesome Show. Or at least Tilo's here. His face isn't quite there yet. I can get that. Let me get that fixed real quick. Tilo, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm just a, a, for, a force ghost on stream. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs> I typically, I'd set that up before him, but we were running a little bit late today, and that was 100% on me. I had... um. I had some real life going stuff going on that I won't get into right now, but let me just say, and I was telling you this before we got here, some days I'm really thankful for Galaxy of Heroes, not just as a game to play, but kind of an escape from real life, man. Like I I need I needed a second to just check out a little bit and do do something else where I can feel accomplished when I get the right role on my mod or whatever it is. Yeah, no, I I think we all do. I that that's one of the reasons I play. It's something that I can play every day. Just a little bit, and then it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't typically try to use this like a coping mechanism escape. Like, it usually mostly is just good fun, but today was that day where I was like, just just let me beat the crap out of some stuff in Conquest, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to have to think about X, Y, and Z, but... All right, uh, Tilo, speaking of Conquest and or uh, Datacrons, which I guess they're kind of intermingled. Actually, yeah, we can talk about that right now. How do you feel about the uh, the change with this season of Conquests? They've changed the Datacron economy so that we actually get them now. I, I'm excited for the changes. The changes have really, really helped me. Uh, for set one, I want to say I maybe have like five, six, seven around there Datacrons. Where in this set I have already about nine or nine or so, and uh, we still got a couple more days, so I'm probably going to end up with at least a good solid fifteen usable datacrons. And I, I got to say, I love that they changed the economy when it comes to the credits. The credits is what held me back a lot on set one, and man, I got to say, having those big drops of like over a hundred k has been awesome. Uh, the big drops on the on the the first couple of resources going all the way up to 15 has been really cool. And even the, the reroll material, everything's been pretty positive on those so far. And I really felt like this was necessary to do ever since they put in the, I guess we'll call them whale packs where people were able to essentially buy nonstop materials with crystals. Cause it kind of reminded me a little bit of relics when relics not when they first hit but a little bit after they first hit and they added the materials into like assault battles and stuff like that it was like okay so the free-to-play can get them enough to make them functional and those people that really want to spend money whales krakens whatever you want to call them like they can just get every single piece possible and so i think it seems to be the same thing they've settled into is the, the same way they do with relics where it's accessible for everyone but they're going to let the spenders do everything they want with it. So it's, I, I, I enjoy it, but at the same time, it does have a tendency to highlight the, the relic disparity for me again, just because like, I'm, I'm probably going to get more datacrons with, I'm probably gonna get more datacrons than I can actually even use with the current way that I'm farming them. And I don't go hardcore. Like I don't drop refreshes on conquest other than what i need to get the red box i don't i don't buy them with anything else so it's yeah i have but, but like you said i'm gonna keep rambling here for a second i got four datacrons in the old system with my very limited farming i already have uh it's not that much more six so i already have you know 50 percent more and we're not even done yet so 
I'm definitely getting them a lot more. Like I said, it just ends up highlighting my uh, the relic disparity for me. I've been I've been going heavy on the refreshes. I've been doing the hundreds, but at the same time, it's like for for me, my, my mods aren't my mods are decent, but they're not the best mods in the world. And having that plus twenty five is what I really wanted to focus on. So I've been going pretty heavy on the level three, which has been pretty useful so far, or well, I think is going to be useful. Three v three hasn't started yet. Yeah, I've only been able to um. I've only been able to use, or I've only been able to get one of the 25%, but I'm probably going to, I hope, I would like two more if I could re-roll. I haven't actually looked at 5v5, I've been mostly focusing on 3v3, because right now I think I've got one on my resistance fin team that would be fun to get the 25% on, but I think there's other ones that I would like too, but at the same time I need their... I need the relic levels to go. Oh, Generate Luke. I want to win on Generate Luke's team as well because he's going to get split. Yeah. I have uh, six plus 25s right now. So that's going to be oh my gosh, pretty good. Oh, most... That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, most of them are going to go on defense. And then I have uh, a level nine JML, which is disgusting. I have repost on it. And then I opted to go instead of the plus 25% TM just because I'm mainly going to be using it against, I, I figure, JMK. Uh, I ended up with a plus twenty percent protection, so oh, nice. that that one's going to be pretty good. Um, I also have a really really nasty one I'm doing for um, uh, the Qui Gon team. So Qui Gon, Jedi, Anakin, and then I'm debating because I I broke it down in Port's chat. So I'm I'm in Port. We we were talking about it a little bit in the G, the Grand Arena chat. Who are those guys? It is Port. <laughs> It is going to be disgusting. So Sounds like a brewery. Tier, it does. In tier, tier six. I say that with much it, respect. I was like, put some respect on Port's name. No, I'm just playing. Um, I have the tier six uh, plus 100% damage when you have max or full oh. protection and health. Oh, that's dirty. Dude, it's going to be so disgusting with Qui-Gon. And then I have the plus 25 speed too. So my Anakin is at... 272 speed with the plus 25 he'll be around 370 speed if cam's in there he'll hit the 400 but the offense numbers are going to be disgusting even pre-qui-gon dying it's going to hit over like 100 and i think it was like 110 i broke down the math in there before qui-gon dies if he has foresight so that's going to be really disgusting if he gets outturned if they manage to kill qui-gon we're talking about like in the 200k AOE, it's going to be really disgusting. Yeah, it's, when I saw that combo, I was like, okay, that that's one of the things that we need to start be looking for. We need to be looking for level threes, level six, and level nines that pair well and build off of each other well. And th- see, I feel like CG's done a good job at that in season, mm-hmm. at least in set two. I didn't really feel that way in set one. Set one, they felt more random. Like sometimes they were actually counterintuitive. Like I know Resistance had one. Where it was like, if they have more than two buffs, they gain offense. I think this was it. And if they have less than t- two buffs, they get turn meter. I'm like, so... you. I guess you could be, you know, half class full type of person. And be like, oh, I always get something. But in reality, I'm like, that just sounds like bad. Like, I should... I should... I want them to go together. And what you're saying with the 25% turn meter and the, the, the bonus damage for being at 100% protection, those go really well together. Because if you're going first then you are not going to have taken damage and you're just going to use a huge hit. 
Yeah, it's going to be disgusting. I think that's the team that I'm probably going to make. I was debating about maybe the back zone or the top zone, but I'm thinking maybe I'll just put it in the front bottom zone and and just let my opponent deal with it. If they want to go cheap on it, see if you get past it. If not, possibly bring a GL against it because I don't see much that's going to be able to pack a punch and survive that big of a hit from uh, Jedi Anakin. I think the only thing that really comes to mind that'll probably do okay, but it's going to be a huge clincher is the Newt team. Like the Newt, uh, Django B1 that people started to get into the habit of last time. Yeah. Because they'll, 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 they'll tank the first hit. Like Newt will revive. Um, Newt will revive. B1 will lose a stag. Django's damage immunity. And then from there, oh, actually, who's going to be your third? So is it going to be Qui-Gon, Jinjanic, and Ant? Um, I'm going to see if I have the numbers. So the numbers weren't that much bigger with cam because cam's only providing the 20 percent uh more uh offense he is actually adding the 30 percent more speed which is cool but i i think in threes the speed's not as impactful as it would be in 5v5 because people are going to use bad batch where bad batch isn't really big that big of a factor in threes mm-hmm. so i think maybe i'll maybe i'm thinking gk or or somebody as a tank just to make him a little bit more survivable once Qui-Gon dies. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I'm probably going to do Cam or not. That way I can probably use Basila Cam and then somebody else. Well, because I was thinking uh, what I ran a lot and I think was kind of a pain in a lot of people's sides was actually Mace. And another yeah. good reason to use Mace on, what your, on your squad is I believe he has protection recovery. So let's say, you know... B1 goes, he rips the foresight off. Django uses his burning on everyone. Mace takes a turn, puts the protection back on, and all of a sudden your 100% extra bonus damage is, right, is back. Yeah. And, and then plus on the data crumb that I got, I got like close to 100% health steal, which is going to yep. be really nasty. And then um, extra 30% uh, crit damage. So it's going to be absolutely disgusting for me. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Not for me. No. <laughs> that's why it's going on defensive threes but I, I like that idea of mace i'm, I'm probably going to do that yeah I, I liked him a lot just because with the 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 lesser units on the squad the fact that he's going to target the right character with shatterpoint just becomes a little bit more common and i know a lot of people this is funny i don't think it was a qui-gon Jin team but a lot of people kept trying to solo padme teams with malik and mace just rips malik apart because every single time he takes a turn there goes your health and defense every single time it's, it's beautiful yeah mace is a, a sleeper character not a sleeper character because everybody knows he's pretty decent now but i really like him it's 5v5s 3v3s that shatter point's really really disgusting and the ability block on basic too yeah and i i think a lot of people realize he's good now but a lot of people still don't realize what he changes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good characters out there, but they don't always change things in squads. Like, I think it's a completely different example, but JMK with our gas with JMK. Like, gas is an amazing character, but he really doesn't change the needle for JMK a lot when he's on his team, even though he is Galactic Republic Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, no, he makes it more difficult, especially if you're countering him on defense. Like, that ability block right off the rip with the the mass assist is a problem. It could definitely throw off a couple of these teams. So what you you mentioned you had a level you got to level or relic not dang it 
uh dc9 i don't i guess that's what we're calling that on jml yeah. i did too not to brag uh what okay. i want to know what was your level nine though what was the what was the last tier for you because i got actually tell me all three of them <laughs> i got let me pull them up so uh, for the first one like i said i got the 20 percent bonus protection just because my thinking was going against jmk I'm not going to be getting that TM anyway, so it's not worth me getting that plus 25, possibly against maybe that's a Ray or something like that. That's what I told myself to. And that's why I was like, maybe I can get away with putting it on a Ray or something, but I'll take I'll take the extra little hit. Plus, my JML is pretty fast anyways. And then for the Tier 6, I got the repost because yep. that's a must. You got to have that one. That is absolutely disgusting, by the way, too. Even if you get the tier six, like without the tier nine, you can put in major work against these JMKs out there. And um, for the level nine on the Datacron, I got the assisting one. And man, that the level six is really good, but that level nine, when he hits under protection on the assist, oh, doing yeah. more damage, oh my goodness, everybody melts. Okay, so I have... Pretty close to what you have. I do have the repost. I don't have the 25% TM gain on the on the first one. But my level 9 is the... Uh, it's the one where Jedi Lessons get impacted. Where the characters get like 150 stacking offense for the rest of the battle and extra turn meter. I got that and I was like... Ah, I really wanted the JML assist one or whatever. Like this is probably isn't that good. Oh my gosh, Chilo. Oh <laughs> my gosh. It is so broken. So I also... My um... My Datacron is also loaded with a bunch of special offense and resistance penetration, so it's really good for special attackers, namely being Jedi Master Luke and, G and Grandmaster Yoda. And I kid you not, my Grandmaster Yoda, when I'm calling to assist V the lead ability, after he stacked up his 150% uh, offense with the added special damage and resistance penetration, he is dealing as much damage as the lead ability is in true damage. So I, I oh I'm gosh. one I'm one shotting people under the protection, um like I went up against a if the a, the cat like a a thick cat didn't survive two hits like that's all it took like I'm getting I'm getting GK through his savior mechanic and two hits and then dead in three it's, it is it is absolutely bonkers. It, see that's where I was because my first reroll was on the episode or the episode nine uh, level nine. Because I had the Ben one first, the old Ben, oh, which was cool, but uh, uh, there was some there was some theory crafting against it in the beginning, but uh, ends up not being true. But I had those two; those are the two that popped up. Mm. So I had the one you have and then the one I have, and I just I didn't know which one to pick. I was gonna because originally I was going for the Jedi Knight Luke one, but I was like, okay, this sounds interesting with the JML. And I was posting it in the guild chat. I posted it in a couple places. I'm like, I don't know which one to pick. I'm at work too. And it, it was a big problem. Uh, I ended up going with the assists. Uh, but man, both of them are really, really good. I was confused on which one I wanted. Yeah, I mean, the have you played around in Arena at all against like the Super Rays? No, I, I haven't. Nobody puts it up. I'm like, you guys are scared. I'm like, please, somebody just put it in an Arena for me. Dude, I, I hit one, and it was, like, the 75% ult wasn't even a factor because she never got to it. Like, we, we got her down into damage immunity and, like, three or four hits or something like that. 
she immediately came out and then she was dead by her next turn like it was it was so nice yeah these guys are absolutely melting like that that repost like for the jedi or jedi master luke is just disgusting like I, that's probably my favorite datacron right now. That better than Ray, better than JMK's. Like that one is super sick, and it's awesome. It's only on a level six. What does scare me a little bit though? So we're, I think we kind of have the same perspective. Like, oh, this is gonna be great on offense. We're gonna kill all the JMK's and all the race. What are we gonna do when someone puts it, puts that on defense? Like, is it just gonna be faster? Game player? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, even like I don't know if, I don't know if C problem. holds up. I don't think he does. Nah, C, C's gonna get eaten. Like, that's gonna be just nasty. I'm actually, I'm really debating about putting C on defense because the way things are set up in threes, I don't know who he takes out GL wise. Like, if they have the data crown on Ray, does he take Ray out? You know, know, against the um. Against the super damage rate, I bet he does win, actually, because as long as you have... Because she hers is, quote-unquote, nerfed um, in threes where she's only getting 150% bonus damage, which C can tank if he's got, like, GBA. Yeah, GBA armor C, I think, will beat both Ray and JMK. They'll still beat JMK with the, the under-protection? I think so. Or, yeah, well, because JMK always has had under-protection. Yeah, when he hits the ult. Yeah, uh, because I think it's um, the the Datacron is um it's the same as his old. It just applies what would apply to Sith to everyone. Wolf Wolf says it too that he'll take out JMK no problem. So okay, yeah. so so maybe maybe I do that then. I I take him for offense because I was really looking at it the other day and I'm like I don't know. I'm like man, man dog, like you need a Datacron ASAP. Like I need you to do something. <laughs> I, and I might rotate it in and out because I um yeah. Malgus is hitting week two, and I guess we can probably talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. And I'm gonna what I want to do on defense. I talked about this in my YouTube video earlier today. <laughs> I want to eventually put down both those teams on defense and have Malgus lead with Darth Revan and Bastion Fallen, and then have the other team be C Malik. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm probably gonna end up doing myself. But it, maybe tap Talon as a third in there. It'll it'll depend. It'll depend a lot on what my opponent does. That is one thing I didn't third to irk me. I think wasn't yeah. It was last five v five. Yeah, this this last month was I. It would take me like ten minutes to do my planning, and then I would look at the data crons and be like, oh crap! Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to plan for all this. I'm like I've already lost like five times. I don't uh I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. speaking of no. which, Tilo, we have something to correct from last week. Uh-oh. Did I say it? <laughs> no. Well, technically, yes, but you didn't know about it. Um, so we had listed final scores for our 5v5 season, and then we went through Tilo's GAC history. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell him, Tilo? Oh, shady boots, man. <laughs> the last guy I faced in um, the last week of GAC. So... I like I said last week, I was going to go back and check all my, my history, write stuff down. And I started looking at these guys or this guy's battles. And I was like, I was like, what's that meme? Like, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Like all his battles were really, really shady. Like Wampa went against my dash squad and ended up with max protection and max health. Uh, 
did some crazy stuff in ships, like just really, really wild stuff. Like he had Scavenger Ray with JOK, like really crazy cops. So I, uh, so I wrote. Uh, I think my favorite Calvin. was like Gas with L three and a bunch of other junk as well. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, this guy is like well, next level. Under gas, even, that'll work. <laughs> even on defense, he was putting some random stuff. But I was like, hey, it's working for you. Because I think I even mentioned it last week, too. I was like, this guy was kind of doing some weird stuff. Now to come out, now it comes out that this guy really cheated on me hardcore. And has been doing it for this whole season, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So this guy, he... What he does is he'll like completely throw two matches. Like he'll take his participation trophy. He'll he'll kill a team or two, and then he'll just get to one match every round. And he'll he'll just turn on the APK and and hit people up because his um, I like the so all the battles Tila mentioned, and then like his fleet battles, not just against you Tila, but consistently against other opponents. He's constantly taking in a random Tie Fighter in with his malevolence counter against Executor, and he wins every time. Like it would. It was it was really funny to look at actually. He had um Hyena, Vulture, and like Special Forces First Order TIE Pilot beat an executor. And then another battle he had Hyena, Vulture, and TIE Prototype uh going up against Executor and winning like, dude, like you you clearly don't know what you're doing. And you're still winning no. here, so little little well, asterisk on Tilo's final <laughs> final record there. My favorite was the Tarkin and Geos. I'm like, this man's like hitting me with the real old school stuff. And what did he take out? I think he took out my Empire Squad with uh, yeah, Second Sister and everything. I was like, man, this guy. Yeah, and he really likes Second Sister with Malevolence, but that's <laughs> so I figured we'd make that comment at some point. But getting back to the getting back to the data crimes, do you have any more? We we talked about repost. We talked about the twenty five percent turn mirror. Those are really big ones. Is there any other ones that you think are just going to be really broken? Or um, I'm making a bootleg um, JMK one right now. So a level six. I didn't get. I wasn't able to get him to the R nine. Um, so I hit him up with the bonus protection, the extra twenty percent, and then I'm re rolling right now and trying to get the Jedi under protection. So for the repost. So we'll see how that does. It may not do anything. I just for JMK? I don't have a data for yeah for JMK okay. just because I don't have a data prom that is for JMK right now because I just didn't have enough materials last set so I'll, it, this way it gives me at least something so it looks scary <laughs> I guess you know I I'm trying to remember what my JMK's level six is I don't think it's very good yeah. I was also thinking maybe maybe the extra hundred percent damage. But I was like, I don't know about that one. Um, it's just, this one's a little bit tough for him. So if you didn't get one offset one, it's kind of tough. Now, the repost one is really broken, especially because if you can set it up, especially with Thick Cat, he's almost never going to be the weakest. So you're going to be constantly calling in, let's say, Ahsoka and GK or Ahsoka and Jedi yeah. Anakin or whoever it is. And they're going to be dealing a decent amount of damage on those assists under protection. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I because the style doesn't seem to change most of his counters. No, and I really like I have a Sunacron, but I really like that on gas. So I don't want to give it to him. So I was like, I'm gonna try this out just way that way he has one, but um that way I don't have to give away the stun one from gas. Yeah, I need to I don't know what point I'm just gonna give out. 
and like if they stop reintroducing <laughs> new teams or new galactic legends maybe i'll just give in but i'm still not on the oh i can only use this data crown if i have three more relic levels i'm not i'm, I'm not doing it <laughs> i did that this week I, I, I a lot of people are doing it a, t- a lot of people are doing it i think after i get ray maybe i'll start giving into that but i i still i still don't want to do it right now yeah no i was saying this um i forgot where i was saying this but i'm like it just sucks because the rebel ones are really good right now but you're probably in the same boat as me my cls is only r3 because he was that's the requirement that we needed on that um i don't have an r5 one but i want him there same thing with Jedi Knight uh, Revan. I, I've had him at R1 or R0 forever. Bastila is the same way. There's a couple characters that you can get away with it. But now because of Datacrons, I'm like, man, I need to bump these guys up. Like they're crucial characters in Grand Arena, but I just don't have the relic levels just because I didn't need them. It doesn't change the character. So I, I guess I will say this. There are definitely some characters that I've, neglected giving relic levels to for a long time and the datacrons is just kind of the last oomph over the limit like uh joe lee was kind of that way for me for a while and i guess i didn't really do this because of datacrons but i i would have he was r4 and like joe lee is a character that really wants survivability like on r5 you, you do see the difference in like an r5 and r6 r7 joe lee versus say an r4 and r3 and i, I would say the same about cls because i actually <laughs> So, CLS is the one luxury character that I have. He's my only non-GL, non-GL requirement R8. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, do, are, do, you, do you have the data crowd or no? No, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. The current R9 I have right now is for Jedi, and it's for Jedi Master Luke. And I, I do really like that, but I am I am trying to gun for a CLS one right now, too. Um I mean, the teams, I, I just really like the C. I've always liked the CLS team. They, they might be my, like, yeah. pet team. I don't know. Like, I, we used them la- last week of last 5v5 against that guy's JML. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, just destroyed him. Full banner, 65. It was disgusting. Yeah, that, that team's never going to go out of style. Like, the mm-hmm. amount of damage that they do. Like, it's just a solid team that I... I eventually want to get their relics up, especially like Han and Chewie and like pretty much all of the, all that team. I want, I want their relics max just because the higher the relics, the better it is. And especially CLS, just because he shares stats with Chupio. Like I can only imagine how much better that team performs. Yeah, like, all right, 20% of his offense to the entire team, like a damage dealer. Sure, I'll take that. And honestly, I don't... I think I probably went a little too far. I think R7 would have probably been a little bit better. Because I just don't do that. Like, I don't have the luxury to do that. Like, I don't have an R8 Maul. I don't have an R8 Jedi Knight Luke. I don't have an R8 Starkiller. Like, a lot of other characters that are really good to have R8 that I just don't because I don't have the resources for it. I, I don't know. I I, get, I would say that I went for CLS. Yes, is it is it a good idea to have CLS higher relics? But it was mostly, that was mostly me splurging. Honestly, if you're if it's a splurge R8, that's probably one of the best ones because of the stat sharing, like we said. And like that team's never gonna go out of style. Like they always provide more characters to keep it in the meta. I think that's one of CG's favorite teams too. So that's a good one. Yeah. But I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I'm really working on as far as relics go. I think that's pretty much it for Datacrons. Like I have 
I have the I, so I didn't get the I didn't get a TM one for them, but I've got the dis the randomly dispelling of debuffs on my Qui-Gon Jinn team, which I'm I'm a little excited for because it'll probably won't work most of the time, but one guy it's really gonna screw, so that's gonna be fun. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Are we ready? Are we ready to get back into 3v3? Yeah, um for me, the last datacron that I have too is I have an R6 Rebel one, the damage immunity. I'm going to try it out. We'll see how that goes. I might re-roll it, but I'm probably going to end up throwing Hanichui on defense with uh, Dash. So I think that could be kind of fun. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if it's a wise idea, but I'm going to, just because I want to use it, I have a I have the level three from set one that's... Um... The one that you, they let you reduce your cooldowns if you get out more than like five debuffs or whatever. And I think Dash gives out a ton mm-hmm. of debuffs, even in 3v3 in his AoE. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick it on there. Uh, that's the one I ran last season in 5v5s. That one was really cool, but I didn't get no holds from it. So I was like, I'm going to try this one just because it gives them an extra turn if they don't have any way to dispel it. So hopefully, um, it does have the 25% TM on it as well. So I'm, I'm hoping with Dash, with Han, with Han Chewy going first too, that it might give me the edge of kind of like <laughs> really attacking right off the rip and providing them that little bit of protection from um, from the opposite team. All right, so I think that transitions us really well into 3v3. It's back, man. It's been nine short weeks. What wisdom do you have yeah. to share with the class today? Um, I'm going to go really heavy on defense. I'm trying to throw as much Datacrons as possible on defense, too. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I got, what, 625 plus speed. I'm probably going to throw most of them on defense. Uh, really light side heavy defense as well. I'm probably going to keep maybe one or two for offense. I have a couple teams that I want to use. But, um, but yeah, just really heavy defense for me. I have a question about your data crunch. Are you, what's your mentality on the offense defense split? Are you getting like a data cron and just assigning this data cron to, let's say it's the 25% TM one. This one is just going to be assigned. Uh, what's the team? Qui-Gon Jinn. Like this is going to be Qui-Gon Jinn's forever. Qui-Gon Jinn goes on offense. He's going to have it. If he goes on defense, he's going to have it. Are you just like taking well, half of them on offense defense? What's your mentality on that? No, I I picked the Datacron, and that's what they go for. Like I was talking about earlier, that Qui-Gon one worth 100% more offense when they have max or full health and protection. Like, that's forever going to go with my Qui-Gon team. Okay. uh, Just because that's what it was crafted for. Um, Other than that, the couple of the 25 ones, because they're only our level three, those can be a little bit more flexible, but it's also going to be dependent on what those level ones and twos were. Like if it's special damage, obviously I'm going to try to put somebody that could benefit from that special damage. But if it's offense or physical damage, I'm probably going to try to kind of match it a little bit if I can. But the main issue is going to be that 25% TM. That's what I'm probably going to use it for. But those set one and two or level one and two, I'm going to try to tailor it if I can. Yeah, I'm, I think I have a similar mentality, whereas when I get the Datacron, it's for a team. Like, I'm not going to be mixing it and matching it around. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, at least right now, and especially, I mean, you have to do it, kind of have to do it with the level nines. 
But even like the level, like I was saying, the level six and level three pairings, I feel like some of them just work are going to work really, really well with one specific team. I'm trying to think. So at the end of the day, how many do you think you're leaving on defense, and how many are you taking on offense? Just with the way you have your team split. Um, I'm honestly probably maybe three on offense, but most of them are going to be for defense. I'm going to try to wage more kits uh versus defense and really just kind of burn speed on i mean speed for defense so that's why the 25 percent tm is going to be really nasty so if i can make all my teams like super fast that's going to give problems uh where my mentality for when i'm taking out my opponent's defense i'm going to try to leverage kits more than speed that's what i've been doing for the last couple seasons and it's it's been okay. Obviously, results have been really bad too, especially if you've <laughs> done our recaps. But the fights that it works, it works. Like Treya, for instance. Treya doesn't need to go first. It's just a matter of what team you use her against. Like, say, Dash, for instance. Yep. They're going to eat themselves up alive. Or the CLS squad, too, like with Chupio and, yep. and yeah, uh, C3PO. Like, it, it doesn't matter if they go first. They're going to eat themselves alive. So that's where it's going to take in consideration. Just got to be really smart for the choices on offense uh, against their defense. And it's just, it's going to make everything a little bit tight, but I think if, I think it could work out really good. No, I think, I think so too. I think it's, um, yeah, as far, as far as the split goes, I like a lot what you said, and I think that applies a lot to the, the 25% uh, chance to dispel. I like that one a lot on defense. Because I can't, I can't bet on it. Like I, let's say I take in my, this is weird. You wouldn't do this, but like my Qui Gon Jin versus a Bad Batch team. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm. I have a twenty five percent chance to dispel. I'll definitely come out of the stun. Like no, I won't. Like that's not something. Like that's something you hope screws your opponent. You don't hope. You don't hope it works for you. I gotta say, I, with those chance ones, those those kind of like turn me off on Datacrons, just because. Even the cooldown one, like I like the cooldown one a lot too, but it's only a limited chance. Like I, that's why I really like the twenty five percent TM one. That's why I really like the repost one. Like those ones that I know for a fact are going to come to effect. Those are the ones I lean towards a little bit more. And I, I kind of respect that and get that because when you need it most and it's not there for you, it really stinks. Like I was, um. Oh, my last opponent. So he didn't cheat. Or at least I don't think he did. My last opponent, <laughs> or two, yeah, two of my last opponents in this last 5v5 season, I put down the Killer Lord Vader team with a, with the cooldown decrease Datacron and like 100% health steal. Got Fennec twice. Like, I, I, I it kind of ticked me off. I'm like, everybody was saying like, oh, the counter is out the door um, as soon as you have that Datacron. And it got Fennec twice, like two for two. Jeez um so I, I hear what you're saying like the if rng goes your way at, on that one on defense cool but at the same time it's not as attractive as a sure thing of like you know let's say 25 percent extra turn meter whatever it is yeah and, and that's the mentality especially for defense like i want it to be a wall like i want it to be like stretching my opponent's fin so if all my all my front row is like mid 300 speed like, that's going to be a problem, especially if the opponent doesn't have those plus 25s. And if they're going to do the same thing, if they're going to be throwing all their light side teams on defense, 
Like the, the defensive teams can only go so fast. And it's really just going to come down to what you choose. Like if you make one mistake taking the wrong team, it's going to screw you from pretty much getting that full clear. Cause I'm not going to go easy on that back zone. Like that back zone is probably going to be my hardest zone to go against. Like a, a little spoiler alert, my Ray is going to be back there with the fast alt. Like <laughs> just be ready for that. I do like, the, I like the fast old a lot for threes. I have a question though. I think we're going to see this from Gom and Zareth a little bit more, but do you see yourself at all using burners against these 25% turn meter guys? Like if you're oh, going to yeah. start with turn meter anyways, that's fine. <laughs> you just don't get abilities now. Oh, like I'm mentally preparing myself already. Like, I'm going to piecemeal a lot of these teams. Like, that's why I'm really excited to have, like, Shorty up there and running. Like, Shorty is not, like, the best team, especially for me on my roster. Like, it's a really good team, but, like, the gear levels I have on it right now, it's it's not something I could probably use in fives. Like, I learned that last season, the last week. But in 3v3s, I'm 100% expecting to use it because I'm going to probably end up needing it in that back zone to get the full clear. Or in a couple of these other teams, like they don't even need leadership abilities. Like I'm going to go in there and most likely use them because I'm going to be trying to take out the leader and then take out the sides on the next battle. So I expect it to be really ugly. So I know that's not how it works, but would, how acceptable would you think it would be if they put the Datacron on the enemy team and you could shoot it? And if you killed it, the ability goes away. <laughs> What's that one event where they have the box that you it have to shoot the box? One, one of the conquests, one of the, one of the, I think multiple of conquests actually that had the box there. <laughs> like, what if it was just the Datacron there? And if you took it out, it went away. <laughs> you know what? That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one though. I, I, I think there's some risk and reward in there if you go full heavy on the Datacron. Like, you leave yourself open for the defensive team to kind of take you out. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it would be kind of fun, maybe for one season, but maybe more than that, I would kind of get irked a little bit. Yeah, I would too, because then you're you're just throwing a lot of people investments in the way, unless maybe... It also just complicates the game, too, because then they could do a bunch of stuff like with, with it. Like, the Datacrons would start to get relics. Like, this Datacron's relic is that it's stealth, or this Datacron's relic is that it has protection up. <laughs> Or this Datacron does reflective damage or something like that. Like, they would all... The Datacrons will get Datacron abilities, so maybe we don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I kind of like that they don't have it because, say, for instance, the Qui-Gon team. Like, if they're going to most likely be going first because they're going to be preloaded on speed, if you take out Qui-Gon as leadership, they're still going to pack a punch if you have Qui-Gon and... I mean, not Qui-Gon, Jedi Anakin and Ki-Adi Mundi plus the Datacron itself. Like, they're still going to be doing some decent damage. Oh, yeah. Um... I said, stop giving that CG ideas. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, Calvin's a beta tester. And by everyone, I mean Dermana. Shout out to you, man. Um, yeah, I don't... That wouldn't go over well. Like, there's... I think, I think one of the... I would say the largest problem with Datacrons is just the amount of complexity they give to things. I mean, I already complained about that earlier in my scouting. I'm like, okay, 10-minute scouting turned into 25-minute scouting. And I just don't like that. But we don't need to... I'll take I'll take 25 minutes because I already know myself all day at work. I'm going to be thinking about this. And I'm going to be tweaking things like right at the buzzer. 
it's going to be bad. But I, I'm excited for it. I think Datacrons have just added that extra little spice. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I think battles are going to be a lot more unique. And it just have that unpredictability. Like, we're not going to be expecting some combinations. I'm 100% worried about that. So I have a question. I was thinking about this earlier this week, Tilo. There are a limited number of factions in game, and we kind of already seen from day to mind that even like the 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 most unloved factions are gonna be getting like Ewoks and Jabba's were data mined at some point. I'm it's probably not gonna be next month or the month after that, but at some point, like they they have the capability to get datacrons. Are you okay with them repeating datacron abilities after they work through all the factions in like 16 months or something like that? Um no. I don't want repeats. I want them to mix it up. So say the the Jedi have repost right now. Why don't they give it to bounty hunters at repost if they're going to spice up stuff like that? I don't know. I, I, I feel like they could just change the faction name and, and, and give it to somebody else, you know? Like come up with a whole bunch of abilities and then just start switching up the factions that they had. Like I, I think... It's going to be so mixed and matched that we don't have to see the same ones for quite a while. Would you even remember, though? Like, if we if we got back around to Galactic Republic and there was one that says they get stacking 10% potency every single time they get two debuffs, so you're going to remember that we had that? It depends on how long. So if they do this in, like, a year, somebody's going to cry and remember. But... Uh, I don't know. It, it just depends. But I personally would want them to kind of switch things up a little bit. But who knows? They could probably get away with it if I'm being realistic. I kind of feel like a jerk now because I totally made that data cron up. Oh, gosh, you jerk. <laughs> that's that's messed up. <laughs> like that, it that, that definitely wasn't a thing. At least I don't think it was. No, it, it was light side, I think. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if there was any... I don't know if there are any data crown abilities last month where, like, if you get debuffs, you get something. But I could be. I no, could it be was wrong. buffs. Anyways, <laughs> it was buffs. Um, but I, I, I would be okay if they did it. I would be okay if they did it just yeah. because the the way that data crons currently interact with our meta today, and the way that they'll interact with the meta, let's say, sixteen months from now after they cycle through all the factions, it, it's going to be a different game by that point. Like. Um, I guess we'll just go with the most immediate, obvious one, Malgus. Like we we didn't have any any interaction with Malgus. Like Malgus might be able to take Ray without Datacrons in a normal five v five match. Uh, but it does he have what it takes to be able to take a Datacron Ray? Oh, I guess we're gonna find that out actually. But you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I I just would want them to kind of spice things up a little bit because that's the whole thing with the data crowns that I enjoy is them spicing things up, making things interesting, like switching it up where it's not always the same stuff. But then again, what we just had right now, like I'm I'm not going to remember. Like I obviously have the memory of like Dory, <laughs> so well, I should be good. And Nemo actually, obviously, actually, he, he makes lots of good points. But he makes a good point what they might do. And this is, if they're looking at a monetary perspective, and I know they like to do that, they're just going to change the level 7 or the level 9. Because is, if every single time, let's say the Resistance one comes around, and you already got people to crank everyone up to Relic 5, and they had, you know, the Ray or the Resistance Trooper Relic 7, that's fine. But next time, the ability is going to be for JTR. 
which that's a terrible example because she's already Relic 7. Let's say it's Resistance Hero Finn. So now everybody already had their Ray R7. They already had all the Resistance R5. But now the Resistance is coming back. Everything's the same except the ability is going to go to Resistance Hero Finn or Poe or whoever. Like that would that would pretty consistently let them people hike up their Relic levels for very specific characters. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I could definitely see them doing that. I just would like them to spice things up because, like, let's be honest, like, set one, level three, and level six was not was not it compared to set two. And that would suck if, like, Resistance always had that set one and set two. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're going to change. Um, they're they're going to change over time because... I think one of the things they have to do, be, they have to be careful with, and I think we're seeing this clash a little bit between the two current sets, is that um, the sets have to be relatively within the same power. Like if you have, it, let's say, let's say that set one's rating was a four, and that the current set is like a six or something like that, you can't have a really crappy set and a really good set, like a like a, a zero and a ten back to back. Because then one's just going to be worthless against the other. Like, they have... That's one of the cool things that I liked between set one and two. Is that a lot of things in set two counter the set one stuff. But, anyways, I digress. Alright, Tilo, do you have anything more you would say like say about... <laughs> we went back to 3v3, but we just ended up talking about Datacrons even more. Um, are you ready to jump into leg days? Is there anything you'd like to say more about 3v3 before we keep going? No, I'm actually excited for 3v3. Well, I'm always excited for 3v3. I don't hate on it, but I think this one in particular is going to be really interesting and probably frustrating for a lot of people out there too. Yeah, I I, t- I typically like 3v3. My one fear is, though, that we just encounter kind of what I was talking about last week where we do really well in 3v3 because people typically don't care, and then we just get the tar beat out of us for 5v5. So that... I guess I guess that means I'm hoping to lose this three v three. That's what I'm saying. Um, that could that could be a rage, Calvin. All you have to do is a couple stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 find out. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's anything else? That's not, there isn't really. Any I was gonna say news. that's. No, I was gonna say that's not in your DNA. You you ain't losing. Oh, but once I lose the five v five next month, it'll yeah, it'll come out. But I guess the only other thing we need to mention for 3v3, and we've already talked about this a few times, but since it's right up in our face, actually it's not, it won't be till next week. We, we can save Malgus for then. All right, Tilo, moving on to leg day. Let us talk leg day. Important it is. How do you think I jump so high at my age? All right, so Tilo, what have you worked on in the past week? I know, or we all know that you're working very hard towards a certain man who is not fond of sand how's that going um it's it's pretty good i I had a little bit of a break because like i mentioned earlier i really wanted the qui-gon team to have a datacron so i bumped him up for to relic five he was at relic three because that was the requirement other than that we kind of like moved along against the lord of vader farm i got count dooku to his relic level which was eight um New New Gunray is at low or relic six, and he's pretty close to relic seven. And then after that, I'm just gonna have Embo and Tuscan Raider. So I'm excited, almost. 
You, you don't, I, I actually put, you don't think uh, you get them within a week, right? You're probably still looking at two. No. Yeah, probably like two, um, three to be on the safe side. And it's funny. I actually put a TikTok TikTok on it right now, or not earlier. What was it? Two days ago. <laughs> I put the song. I put the song to it. I was like, I ain't broke no more because I'm gonna finally have six GLs. So I'll be on even playing field. I'm still calling it Tilo. The second we both, I get to Ray and you get to Lord Vader. Oh yeah. GLA is dropping, man. It's it's gonna be perfect timing too. I'm gonna cry. Like they're gonna be like, we waited so long. It's gonna be four GLs. I'm gonna be like, I give up. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, though, well, this maybe isn't the same about Lord Vader, but I definitely felt this way about Ray. Where I'm not gonna regret going for Ray because Princess Le- or you know GLA is gonna require three R9s, like all R7 scav Ray. Like I'll do that. Like give me, give me Ray. Like that's fine. I don't want to have to R9. Uh, Wicket and Rolo and whoever else is going to be in or Farm Boy Luke. He, was, he has to be finally a requirement for something. Yeah. No, and I, and I feel the exact same way about Lord Vader. Like, he gets so much flack and people hate on him and call him Lord Fla- Failure and stuff like that and all sorts of other stuff. But I, I'm excited to use him. I can't, I can't wait to use him in my game plan on offense and defense and really just allow me to flex, flex him pretty much change stuff up in my GAC. It does. It does it does let you be more flexible, especially with Lord Vader. I think he's the most he's the most versatile in that he lets I think he's the I guess Padme Cat does pretty well. I say like he lets you break up his team, still keep two really high quality teams. Like he he allows you to be able to change things up. Like Lord Vader without Maul is still pretty decent. Like, he's a heck of a lot better than a lot of the other GLs without their ideal members. And, but Lord Vader with Maul is also really good, and it does change the counter. So you can... I feel like you have a lot of versatility in what you can place with Lord Vader. Yeah, and not only that, too. Like, finally being able to be 6GLs, 6GLs of yeah. my opponent. Like, they're not going to have that edge on me anymore. And it's like, I... I mentioned this last time I streamed um, Grand Arena. I forgot who I was talking to, but I'm like, it's good in a way that you're always behind because you have to improvise. Like you have to figure a way to be on your heels, be the one that doesn't have all the material advantage. So when eventually you do have the same level as material advantage, like you're going to have all that information, all that experience, plus at the same time, have that extra character to match up with them. It, it just, it's going to make you even more deadlier. And like for you, like, I can't wait for you to get raid. Like that's going to be super disgusting. Like I feel bad for a lot of people. Uh, and I mean, I, I kind of, that's what I said about my, I guess this, this is the only counter that I can put my name on. Uh, my rebel two shot uh, versus executor, like necessity is the mother of invention. When you don't have the galactic legend, when you don't have executor, when you, when you don't have, the conquest character and you have to you still want to be competitive you have to make do and you have to get really creative and i think if i'm being totally honest i think i've lost that a little bit like i i guess the we'll use lord vader as the example or my slkr counter when i was when i was gl poor and i had to kill an slkr i just had to settle with a 65 percent win rate with jedi knight revenge Jedi luke 
now that I have Lord Vader, I have like an 80% counter. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not going to personally put myself in a situation where I'm going to use a weaker counter or a counter that is more prone to failure when I don't have to, especially when there's banners and those characters can be used elsewhere. Um, but I do kind of feel like I've lost that to a certain extent, The at least on ground. Fleet, not so much. I'm definitely very still creative in fleet. But in ground, I think I've become a little less creative because of the amount of tools I have. Yeah, no, I, now I get you, but it's like... I, I think you always have that mentality, especially if you're not like a day one person getting those GLs. Like, I'm, you're always going to be looking for those sneaky ways to kind of go past your opponent's defense. Either it be off meta or GLs, depending on what you have to do. Oh, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, well, we probably do once we get our GLs here soon. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. which, I um I'm making really good progress on Ray. I knocked out Resistance Pilot just because. I looked at all the characters that I had, and she was the only one that I was like, oh, I can take her right to R3. Like, yeah, she needs a stun gun, she needs a golden eyeball, but I have exactly one of both that I can give her. Let's just, like, just rip the band-aid off. I know Scavery's probably the better character to have before Resistance Pilot, but just because I could check the name off on her, it would be good. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. So how many more characters do you need for Ray? I'm down to five. I'm not a five. They're all the pilots, but most of them are gear 11 right now. They're all waiting. They're all waiting on golden eyeballs. Uh, I think I've got, it's all the Rose scav, all the Rose scav, resistance trooper, and then another pilot. I'm trying, I can't remember who it is, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and think forever on it either, but yeah, I'm, I'm down to five, I think. And so I, all the gear that I have now is going to go for Malgus in a week. I probably will have Ray. I think about the very latest by next three v three, not this one, but the next one. Oh man, that's awesome! I'm excited. That's gonna be fun. But you're gonna be specially broke on those golden eyeballs. I know I told you this before stream. Like Malgus plus all that, like that's crazy. I will say I make this comment because again we talked about this before stream as well. Uh, Malgus's gear. Aside from the carbs, isn't that yeah. bad? Like, start like Bam needed five Kairos, uh, you know, five full pieces of Kairo outside of his finisher. Starkiller needed four. Malgus only needs three. Like, it's as far as Kairos go, the dude's pretty cheap for the caliber of character he is. Um, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, I Golden Eye is going to be the bane of my existence, and I, I, I spam that node so much. Uh, I spam that node so much. <laughs> Uh, for the one that has like relic materials, hollow projectors, everyone knows what I'm talking about because everyone has to do it. But yeah, yeah. not that's what I'm working on right now too. Oh, it's like it... sorry. One other random thing that I'm working on. I finally got a really good mod for my boss and made my boss fast faster. And because he's now faster, I upgraded uh, grief to gear 13 to be able to catch up the speed so that my turn order is right so that was i did i worked on ray the rex for ray and then i also did grief Ooh, that's nice that's a grief's a really good one well i, I look i didn't think of this at the time but looking back it was also really good for 3v3 because i can't use the zamicron with them in threes so i i, I need bosk and um and grief to be much faster are are you going to be running the? I I don't know if it works with the Datacron especially, 
but are you going to be running maybe the the Fennec counter against Lord Vader in threes? Oh shoot, shorty. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that until now. Maybe I I have to be careful. Um, I say that I'm going to wait for other people to do it, but I, I stream an hour after launch, so I, that's probably not happening. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll I'll try anything once. <laughs> if I'm going to hit it. <laughs> if it if it comp- it's very evidently clear if it's very evidently clear after the first week that the lord vader datacron with health steel and um decrease in cooldowns also shuts it down in threes then i'll you know i'm not gonna keep doing it but i'll, I'll probably try to do it during the first week i was gonna ask i'm like van seals in the guild now so i was like i was gonna ask him but he just said it in chat he's gonna do it so that means i'm gonna do it so <laughs> Yeah, Death Star content creator port. Yeah, man, we need you. Come to the dark side with us. <laughs> All right, well, cool. So that pretty much sums up leg day. Now on to Tilo's favorite part of the the show. Whose kit is it anyways? Woo! So dirty. <laughs> <laughs> right, you'll, you'll, you'll do great today, so. For anyone who's new and is watching right now or just wants to hear my voice say it again, or probably doesn't, um, every single time we do the show, we play a game called Who Kiz- Whose Kid Is It Anyways, where I read an ability description to Tilo, and Tilo has to guess which character it is, and then we'll repeat the process with Tilo to me. If you want to also participate, you can join the Discord server where you can go and put in entries. That is available right now on the Twitch stream and as well as the podcast. You can go in there, you can join it, and you can give your own fan entry, and one of us will answer those each week as well. And if you're wanting to play along with how well you're doing, we also have a system within the Discord server where you can go and show how many points you got this week for how many things you got. If you're confused about that, you can tag me in the in the server or just read the kind of lengthy description that we have going for it in there as well. So, all right, Tilo. Are you okay if I give mine to you first here to start us off? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let me pull them up. Remember exactly who we're doing today. Uh-oh, I really close everything. probably should have been writing these down at some point because I, I can't help but feel that we're going to end up repeating. Oh, the characters? Yeah. Actually, Kanak. Yeah, that... Kanak made a really good spreadsheet. Maybe we... I bet we can actually use that to say that we've already done them, but we, we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, okay. All right, you got everything closed? Yeah, everything's closed. All right. Deal physical damage to all enemies and gain retribution for two turns. This attack can't critically hit and deals bonus damage equal to 50% of this character's crit damage. This faction's allies and allies with advantage gain 25% turn meter. retribution there's a, there's a lot thinking. going on in that one i i realize that now yeah that one's a lot uh retribution i'm trying to think it does have that um aoe retribution that's what i'm gonna focus on first <laughs> um yeah see if we can single it out it's, that's what i do yeah that's what i'm trying to right now i'm like thinking of all the retribution characters um it's not grief. grief. Grief provides retribution. It's not GK. 
the AOE is what's interesting. I'm trying to think. Um, gosh. It does quite a few things. Yeah, that's a lot. Say it one more time, please. All right. So we'll go over what you've already been listing up. Deal physical damage to all enemies and gain retribution for two turns. This attack can't critically hit and deals... I really feel like this should be a butt. And deals bonus damage equal to 50% of this character's critical damage. This faction's allies and allies with oh, advantage... Oh, OG. OG Kylo. Yep, that's it. All right, cool. Can you name <laughs> the ability? Just for fun. Um, I swipe my lightsaber back and forth um, in an X formation. Um, uh, you're very close. It's lash out. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't feel bad about that. I was close. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, you got the actual... Well, yeah, you, are, you got the ability in one guess, too. So there's that. Yeah, his is... His always confused me a little bit, too, because... A lot, a lot of the mechanics that I think about when I think about that move are actually in his unique. Like the fact that the <laughs> cooldown on it can be decreased, or um, the fact that he gains da- damage over time when he uses specials. Like that's not in that's not in the ability. That's in his unique. Yeah, I gotta say, I can't wheel with Kadok. <laughs> Kadok said <laughs> it, took, it took me long enough. I'm like, I finally got one right too. <laughs> After a long cold streak. Uh, it's. I mean, it makes you feel any better. He he would do, he does he does do the same to me. So <laughs> I guess you're not special, is what I'm trying to say, or trying to make myself feel better with. All right, I'm gonna close up my chat. Turn off my phone here. Um, all right, Tila, don't do me too dirty. I think I got everything closed. Yeah. I don't know. Either this one you're gonna get like right away, or it's gonna be a problem. Clone Wars, Chewy. I have to pick a new one. No, I'm just playing. All right, you ready? Yep. Deal physical damage to target enemy and call a random ally to assist. If the assisting ally is blank, both attackers deal 75% more damage. (laughs) That's the whole ability? Yeah. A random ally, that's definitely an old kit. Every every modern character they have some they can they can target who they want to call the faction bonus is interesting because this really this reminds me a lot of Phasma's lead, but it's not because that lead just has a ton more stuff in it. Um Maybe it is no, because first order I think they get to pick who they want to call to assist. Can you read it what read it one more time? I think it only it only does like three things. All right. Deal physical damage to target enemy and call a random ally to assist. If the assisting ally is blank, both attackers deal seventy-five percent more damage. Real basic. All right. So I've got I've got a character in mind. I don't remember who's the seventy-five. Yeah, I don't. I'm just gonna go with the character that I know that calls in them to do an attack randomly. Um, I guess I'll I think it's just one second longer. Qui-Gon Jin? No. And most people in the chat said Qui-Gon Jin. Because oh, he right. I don't I don't do the damage modifiers, right? I don't know if he gives damage for Jedi, but it's real similar. Alright, so faction Tuscans. Oh, gross. 
you jerk you did do me dirty um I they said physical damage random assistant if they're a tuscan they get 75 I, I think this has to be i don't know their kits that well so i'm just gonna go for it this is raider right yeah this is raider okay yeah because i'm trying to i know that he has like the one where he stands up to snipe and then someone assists on that yeah i wouldn't have got what what is i want to actually i want to look it up now how close is qui-gon's jinn does he not get bonus damage for being a jedi i'm guessing he doesn't because i don't i think i made that up pull it up right now i think it's it's really yeah, close um, chat saying, saying it doesn't boost damage well he's he's the first one that came to my mind that had an assist that was random no it's the same it says ally deals 75 uh percent more damage but the only thing, difference is they recover 20% of their max protection. Okay, and it's not and it, it's not conditional on being a Jedi. That's actually, that no, is and really it, close. And it's special damage instead of physical damage. That's true as well. But that, I mean, those are really, I guess I'm trying to cover up my mistake here. But those are like the 75% and the random ally to assist. That's, that's pretty darn similar. I mean, I, you know, I'll still walk away with one point, but still. Yeah, no, that that's really good. They said you had a thirty-three percent chance to get it right. <laughs> oh, from 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 the Tuscans, because uh, I don't know yeah. their kids that well, but I I know that Tuscan has a call to assist. I, if you put me on the spot, I don't know if I could have tell told you it was um, it was a random ally, but it 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 seems like it would be. <laughs> All right, some, cool. Someone's saying IG eighty six as well has one. I kind of want to look at that real quick. Oh, it's similar again. Uh, call physical damage to target enemy and call random ally. If the assistant ally is a droid, they both have 75% critical damage. Yeah, it's it's all it's mm -hmm. all called to assist a random ally and then some 75% bon uh, bonus thing. So, huh, I guess CG was kind of out of ideas that early in the game. That's why we got mechanics like courage and ferocity so quickly. All right. Uh, oh, so we do have the fan entry now, Antilo, and this time it's yours. You ready for this? Uh -oh. Yeah, I'm ready. Let me close everything. I, I need to close it on my side, too, because if I have a chance to steal it from you, I don't know if I will. <laughs> um, it's likely. Not just like... <laughs> which channel is it now? Here it is. Okay. So, do you want me to read it to you? Ooh, it's Ricky Peace today. Ooh. Is it Wampa? No, I'm just playing. I didn't right. read it yet, but it might be. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, do you want me to read it to you? I think it just asked you that. Yeah, you can go for it. Deal physical damage to target enemy and grant all allies potency up for two turns. If this attack scores a critical hit, reduce target's max health, okay, by 15%, which can't be resisted until the end of the bat encounter. And for raid bosses, that ignores armor. Okay, so it has to be like a newer. No, is it newer? Because it's the raid boss. I feel like that's like something they did like three years ago. Um, potency up. Like my brain goes automatically to like Bodie Brook. Um, I don't think it's him. Let me see. Potency up. It's not Kyle Katarn. Is it? Did you just get out your phone to check, Tilo? Huh? 
No, I have the thing. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ignore me. I'm going to go back to having my no, mic turned off. I'm, li I'm looking at the text. Uh, shoot. Um, until the end of the encounter, raid bosses just ignores armor. Gosh, I feel like this is an easy one, too. Potency up. Which can't be resisted. Deal physical damage to the target enemy and grant all allies potency up for two turns. If this attack scores a critical hit, reduce... I'm going to go Kyle Katarn. We'll see. God dang it. All right. So I'm pretty, like, I guess I can look over one more time, but I think I know exactly who it is. Yeah, this this is Marauder, right? Sith Marauder? Yeah, this is Marauder. Yeah, I only really know that because that's why Ness doesn't beat Marauder, is because he constantly, um, because it can't be resisted, he constantly reduces her max health and her, her protection up just goes in the, down the tubes. Yeah. No, that's a good one. And I was just like, as soon as I saw Sith Marauder, I'm like, dang it, Calvin just did a video on these guys. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> yeah, and Marauder, so he was, he has kind of a weird kit, because he was designed during the Paltrea meta, so he did, he did, he did some weird stuff, like he has potency up, which is kind of weird, but it, it makes sense after, once you see him in the lineup that he was, that was around when he first came out, but... He was eventually built for Sith Empire, and a lot. I think I would honestly argue that a lot of Sith Empire's ferocity mechanics were built around his unique. So he's he does have kind of an awkward kit. Yeah, no, definitely, that's a good one. But yeah, good one, Ricky P. Congrats. Oh, so before so that, that pretty much covers whose kit is it, anyways. But we do have actually one other part of thing of something from fan entries that we need to address. And that is going to be the mad awesome questions that we have very unintentionally ignored for like two weeks now. So, um, <laughs> Savitar's first question is for you, Tilo. Are you committed to a peaceful transition of power now that you've been fired? Fired from where? Oh, yes. Savitar, we're ready. We're just waiting for a smooth uh, transition. I'm, I'm just, I'm holding down the fort until you take my spot. <laughs> you know, I I didn't think you would go peacefully, but everyone said you would. So <laughs> he he said he would give me ship knowledge before I left. So I was like, fair trade. Yeah, that's fair. I <laughs> I'm really not worth that much anyway. So ship knowledge is probably a better deal for you. <laughs> All right, uh, another one from Gladiator. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? I gonna say no, but I ain't gonna say it's um something I asked for. Yeah, like I said, I keep saying this. I'm, I'm part of the big boy club. Was as long as it tastes all right, <laughs> I'm always game for it. <laughs> so you definitely have to. You definitely have to do it right. Like it's not. It's but not like it's not my favorite topping. Like probably doesn't even crap talk five or even maybe top ten. But if they if they do it right to where the pineapple's really dried out, like it's not like soggy fruit, then oh, like it's pretty good. Especially with like jalapenos on it. Like it's a. It makes a really nice. Uh, they balance each other out really, really stinking well. 
Um, so that would be that would be my answer for that. All right. Um, let's see here. Moving on to the next question. Uh, I think that's actually something we need to answer off air. I guess we can answer it on air as well because he put it in here. The Rainman is asking. Um, are all abilities fair game? I'm guessing he's saying for the uh, whose kid is it anyways. Right now we're just doing characters. Um, just purely doing characters. So no, we're not doing raid bosses or ships. Yeah, I, we can probably dip into that eventually though. Oh, you think I'm bad with characters? Just wait till we get to ships. It's well, gonna be a problem. Or like LSTB, <laughs> like that. Uh, oh man. Yeah, those are those can be confusing. Um, uh, I'll I'll give this one to you too though. Atlantis is asking, "What is the best threes team for Aiden?" And also, how yeah, best team for both Aiden and Bastlashawn. Different teams, obviously. Um, uh, and anything with Storm, to be honest, Storm and Aiden, that's like the combo right there. That's the that's her or that's basically Storm is the Pippin to Aiden's Michael Jordan, like. You gotta have them two together. They can take out a lot of stuff just them, depending if she if she's relict. Um, I personally like keeping it cheap. So if I can get away with magma, I'll get put magma on the squad. But um, if I need a little bit more damage, then maybe death trooper or range. But it's just, it just depends on what I want to do with my other troopers. But the main combo is definitely storm and Iden. You know how big of a nerd I am, Tilo. Uh-oh. <laughs> when you when you were going to say um Storm is to Aiden as Pippin is to I don't need, I don't it's probably not his name, but that's what I heard, is to Michael Jordan. I thought you were gonna say Pippin and Mary from Lord of the Rings. Like that's that's where my mind went. Oh, we gotta talk about that too, but I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> Other Oh yeah, we don't need to get into it. Um But okay, so what about for so I agree with you for Aiden, I mean, Storm, they're a match made in heaven, and then you, you kind of just have to see what your other trooper teams need. Like, I think Death is probably ideal, uh, but Death also does some other cool things out there. Um, but what about Bastion? Sean? What, what team are you running with her with? Um, in threes, if you can spare Cam, Bastion, Sean, and Cam are just absolutely disgusting. Um, honestly, for me personally... I just throw whatever I can as leftovers, but if you're going to go for best possible, I definitely want Cam on the squad and maybe a tank if you can give it to her. So either like Old Ben, Mace, GK, just depending on what you're going to put out there. So back when I had a really small roster and 3v3 was a thing, I would run Hera with Chopper and Zeb, and then I would actually stick Kanan and Ezra with Bastila, because at that point, I don't, Camp Rod didn't exist, number one. Um, and I probably was using Old Ben in another team, but I really, I really liked Kanan and Ezra, just because they have, they're, I mean, they're kind of what you said, like, Ezra's pretty much a budget cam, and Kanan's an okay tank. Um, like, they, they can get the job done, especially because he gets a free taunt. But, that was my answer, but. Alright, so that one, that's pretty much there. Um, and one last question from Savitar. Would you rather fight 50 pork-sized Chewies or one Chewy-sized pork? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm... I'm fighting... Dang, that's a hard one. 
I, I feel like if you fight the Chewies the size of Porgs, like that's like gremlins all over again. I want no part of that. I think I'm going to go for the chewy size Porg. I feel like I have a better chance. <laughs> I I think I agree with you. For some reason, I had in my head that I was going to be fighting 50 Porg-sized Porgs, but yeah, Chewbacca... <laughs> Because you can't, you can't just punt them. Like a Porg, you can just punt those guys. Just just kick them, and then they're gone. Like, it's not really an issue. But I, I feel like if I went to go kick, like, a, a, a Wookiee that was even small, it's just going to grab onto me. And that's probably fine until there's 50 of them to do it, and then I'd probably die. Yeah, I, I'll I take the Porg. I take the the chewy size Porg, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. I, those chewy scary. <laughs> Chewie is real scary. W- Wookies are monsters, man. When they're when they're that little, um, I don't know how much of a difference that really makes, especially when there's fifty of them. Yeah, you're you're getting killed. Especially if they have like bowcasters on top of it. Like I'm sure they wouldn't be like piercing, but still, like I don't want to get shot in the eye with one of those. No, even if they don't have bowcasters, you're gonna have no arms, no legs. They're gonna do you like uh, Uncle Putt. Yeah, especially that. I feel like almost twenty would be a f- more fair number because if you stack up fifty <laughs> porgs, it's a lot taller than a normal Chewbacca. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the, the chewy sized porg all day. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the porg as well. That's that's what we're gonna be doing. All right, so I think that that handles them for the most part. There, Tilo. Do we have any? Oh, yeah, actually, so moving on to our, our last segment here. What do we have for Star Wars in general? So we, Kenobi's gone, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but other, like, the Star Wars is not going to stop. Like, they have a lot of no. stuff coming out. You, you mentioned some stuff before the show, so why don't we get to that? All right, so Star Wars rumors. So the rumor, the hot rumor right now Am I going to get is mad again? Because that... I kind of got mad last time. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I think you'll be good. So this is for the Ahsoka show. So the rumor is that they've been in talks with the stunt actors that play Vader. So it looks like Vader is going to be in the Ahsoka show. I don't know how. I don't know why, especially with the time period. But it looks like the stunt actor is going to be Vader. I don't know if Hayden Christensen is going to be in there as well there was set photos of hayden and rosario dawson together so i'm pretty sure that maybe we'll see something with hayden as well but definitely vader's gonna be in there so yeah like like mary j was talking about they said they said he's casted already so everybody was for a minute yeah yeah but vader wasn't that that's the big rumor so i don't know (laughs) I don't really know. Like I, li- I like Vader, but I would. Mu- I think I would much rather, much rather either have flashbacks with with Hayden Christensen, or Force goes Hayden talking to Ahsoka. Like that's, and I get that. That's kind of what I wanted for Kenobi too. Was more this, you know, this dynamic between Qui Gon and Obi Wan. I would really. I guess it does become a little sensitive because you know he's this mass murderer and whatnot um child killer um maybe i don't know if they want to put on the the post version of him that much in the spotlight we're gonna get anakin canceled 
Please I, don't. I, I would like more Anakin than Vader personally for the Ahsoka series. Because we, we already yeah, got me too. we already got the Vader Ahsoka moment in Rebels, and it was already really good. Like I don't I don't I don't need to see that in live action. Like that's fine. Yeah, and, and plus it's very similar to what we got in Obi-Wan, so I oh, definitely yeah. don't want to see it in a flashback. I feel like people are going to complain about that. And I don't know, unless there's something going on with his Force Ghost, like I mentioned last week too, like something's going on with Anakin and the Force Ghost. Like if that's the first time Luke is seeing Anakin as a Force Ghost, like there's a problem. I don't know if there's conflict in him, if he's going to be switching between Vader and Anakin maybe as a force ghost but it, at the same time it doesn't really make sense because light sides are the only ones that are able to use force ghosts so i don't know we'll you see what happens with that you don't think they like pull a revan or something like that and they split him oh I, I don't know like but that's the thing like george lucas has made this really really clear like the jedi are the ones that are able to do Force goes because this is what the Sith want. They want to be able to live forever. Yeah. yeah, but they but they can't do it. The Jedi are the one that do it. And to be honest, they probably don't want to live forever because they want to be a part of the Force. So I don't know how I feel about that if they run into that direction. Well, or even like a way of bringing... I wouldn't want them to do this, but... Again, along the lines of Revan, if they, like, bring Vader back to life, but Anakin stays as a Force ghost, how trippy would that be? Honestly, like, uh, Star Wars has been that, really... That's some, like, classic Legends stuff. Like, that's something that would happen in Legends <laughs> that we would, like, we would just pretend didn't happen. Yeah, that's some, like, Nihilus, some, like, um... I don't know, though. Who knows? Because they've been doing a lot of stuff like that with masks and um, a lot of different Sith relics. So who knows? But I, d I don't see them doing that just because Vader is like a beloved character. I can already see it right now. People are going to riot if they even try to attempt that. Yeah, and the, the whole sacrifice thing is a really hard thing to come back from. That was a completely different franchise. But that, that's one of the reasons why I've always kind of said that anything after Terminator 2 was doomed to fail like critique whatever you want the writing the acting but the sacrifice yeah. that was made in the second terminator like that was that, that you can't you can't take you can't continue this story without taking away from that and i think it's the same with vader if they want to if they want to play in them with the future then they take away the sacrifice he made for luke and that's kind of the whole star wars yeah. thing yeah i'm right there with you I, I i feel like they shouldn't touch that at all all right, so next part of the news, I don't know if you saw this, I did mention to you before the stream, but it's resurfaced. Um, we already saw the Mandalorian leak trailer. Uh, we got the short version, but the extended version has been leaked. Have you seen this? I have not, no. This is really cool. So I'm excited for Mandalorian. This one, we get to see tons of stuff. So. If anybody doesn't want to hear anything, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to let you guys know a little bit stuff, but at the same time, it's a trailer. So I'm going to say it now. So we do see a couple of different Mandalorians. We see a couple of recurring Mandalorians that we've already been seeing, like the Armorer, Bo-Katan. We also see John Favreau's Manda Mandalorian, the Thick Boy Nation Mandalorian. And um, we also see some Mandalorians we haven't seen with a lot of different color schemes. 
we see some yellow ones, some blue ones that look like they're a part of uh, Bo-Katan's clan, but we see a ton of more Mandalorians. And it kind of lines up with some of the rumors that were going on before or while Mandalorian was actually being filmed. They had a casting call for anybody with cosplaying of Mandalorians. They wanted, wanted to put a lot of Mandalorians into this season, and it looks like we're going to be get be getting that. And they also showed a couple stuff where the Mandalorian's going through some asteroid fields, uh, being chased by ships. I'm not 100% sure if they're Mandalorian ships or if it's t- like different type of pirates maybe or something like that. But it looks really, really cool. A lot of, a lot of new footage that we haven't seen before. Uh, we also do see Mandalore. So we do see Mandalore in Season 7, The Dome. We're actually going to see the dome in the new season, but it's going to be cracked and all destroyed from the Night of Thousand Tears. So I'm excited. There's a lot of cool visuals that we saw. I am curious to see where it's going to go from here because I think at this point, the whole Grogu thing was cool and like, you know, him finding out that he was a Jedi and going to Luke. But I think, I think the shift of the series is going to be mandalorian mandalore now like not just for season three but for its foreseeable future it's probably going to be mostly set on their lore yeah no i i feel like this is going to be game of thrones but with mandalore and star wars um uh basically dinjarin's gonna have to choose does he go with the armor and her sect of mandalorians or does he choose bo-katan i definitely don't see those two kind of clashing together oh no they're, and I, yeah, they're definitely the heads of two different families yeah and i feel like it's about to be civil war of the mandalorians pretty much until dinjarin really steps it up yeah it, I, th- I think this season's gonna be really interesting it's probably gonna be i if i had to make predictions this might be the best season of mandalore or mandalorian uh, the other the other two were really stinking good for all, all around. I do. We, we talked about this a little bit with Kenobi too, but it was really nice. Very refreshing, I think is probably the proper word. How um, Mandalorian kind of just escaped from, didn't escape from the Star Wars universe, but escaped from kind of the things that we were just tired of hearing about. Yeah. Oh, and, and also going along with the shows too. So they filmed all of this in California. And California has given Star Wars budget cuts or tax uh, exemptions. I tax mean. evasions. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's Legal like tax a evasions. couple. I think it's like twenty nine million dollars. So ex- expect the quality of these shows to kind of go up. So I think that's going to be really good for them as well. So hopefully we don't get subjected to the chase scene in Boba Fett and a couple of those other scenes. Hopefully they, they're able to provide a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the monetary part does is helpful, but the, who's? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's still Favreau, and yeah, okay, so it it'll be fine. Like I'm not, I'm not too worried about the the quality of it. No. All right. So the next big thing is last week I gave you guys the rundown on. Um, the the book with Lando and Luke. This week I finished another book. It is Brotherhood. This was a really good book. Have you seen this, Calvin? Nope. This we one is pretty. We talked about it a little bit, but I didn't give like the synopsis. I was in the middle of reading it, 
I did finish it. It's actually a pretty interesting book. It takes place right after episode two. So Anakin and Padme are newlyweds. Um, Anakin has become a Jedi Knight, so he's no longer a Padawan. And the book really touches on the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan, how they're used to having the power dynamic be more into Obi-Wan, where he's kind of scolding Anakin throughout the process. And you could tell as Padawan and Master, they did not have the best of relationships and they kind of bumped heads. And then as he becomes a Jedi Knight and and Obi-Wan's became a Master, their relationship has gotten a lot better uh, throughout the book. And it, it was pretty good. Kind of cool to see too, because we do we see that kind of transition. Well, we we don't sorry we don't see the transition at all, but we just see the other side of it in Clone Wars. Like we had to Clone Wars, and it's no longer whiny teenager with his master from Episode Two. It's them kind of working side by side and playing off of each other's weaknesses and strengths. You know, they have their their witty banter in, as well. Um, or <laughs> there, I can't remember what it is right now. But there was a re- it went viral on prequel memes. There, someone made up a quote for a scene for a scene between Anakin and Obi Wan, and the quote wasn't even true, but it fits so well. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the, but the story itself is really cool. Um, the The war is barely starting, and the main focus of this one is Cato uh, Pneumonia. So this is where the whole oh, world yeah. of yeah, it's the whole world of um, I forget totally blanking on their uh, their species. Uh, New Gunray, the Nemoidians. Yeah, but what's this Nemoidians? There you go, and we get to see their power dynamic between the Trade Federation and they are also a neutral system. So being a part of the Trade Federation, they're basically supplying not only the Separatists but they're also supplying the Republic. So they want to maintain their neutral system throughout the story. Right off the rip, someone bombs the capital of Cato Pneumonia, and they're trying to figure out, is it the Separatists? Kind of like that. They want to make sure, is it the Separatists or is it the Jedi? And you go throughout that story. Obi-Wan Kenobi is newly appointed as a member of the Jedi Council. Um, He's taking Colin uh, Trevor's place. So he basically the dinosaur Jedi that gets killed by um, Jango and falls off the ledge in episode two. And it, it's really cool because they established that Obi-Wan's seat on the Jedi Council is actually a temporary thing. It wasn't really set upon if he was going to be there permanently or if it was going to be there temporary. Especially at that during that time, they have lost a couple of masters. So you see people kind of like going in and out of that position. And you over. see how... Yeah, and you see how Obi-Wan Kenobi becomes a a permanent member of the Jedi Council and what he does on Cato Pneumonia to really kind of establish himself as a really necessary part of the Council. And at the same time, you're seeing the relationship between Padme and Anakin as newlyweds and Anakin basically just coming into his own as a Jedi Knight and really struggling with... Uh, with... Um, I'm trying to, with like the power dynamic, now that he has the freedom, what is he going to do with that freedom? And at the same time, I, I just got to say this too, Mace Windu is a big, is a, is a jerk. There's no way to, to say this. I do not like Mace in this book. 
the way he treats Anakin is so bad. Like every time he talks to Anakin, he has a big old scrout like frown on his face. And they really established that Mace does not like Anakin at all. Yeah, and that's so from a lore, or from not from a lore, but from a canon perspective, that's been something that has been slowly but surely working its way in. Yeah. Like it's obviously seen in episode three, take the whole take a seat line become very famous. Uh, but also like he was he was one of the people that was on the side of killing Ahsoka. Like really not not great, and then calling her. I think the most like a hole move he had was calling Ahsoka a citizen. But there, one of the wrong long running fan, fan theories that was out there even before we got a lot of that content was that Mace Windu was kind of had like this giant ego and was under the impression that he was the chosen one, even though he didn't really fit the prophecies. And Anakin being there really pissed him off. Yeah, I could I could definitely see it. Like in this book, like I'm I like Mace a lot, but in this book, like like you said, he's just an a-hole. Like I I you can't you can't change it at all. Like the way he talks to Anakin is super condescending, the way he looks at him, and it's not only Anakin's perspective where you could be like, okay, it's just the way Anakin is taking it. Other characters within the book are like, dude, like this dude does not like you. <laughs> Yeah, and I know that the line was directed at Obi-Wan within its context and um, Kenobi, but really, like, obviously, you know, I don't want to take things away from Shiva being the master manipulator and whatnot, but the ones who are responsible for Vader is the Jedi Council. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there's multiple I, I, parts. I, I am what you made me is, it's not the whole truth, but it's definitely a big part of it they... They they drove him to this. Like there were they obviously knew that he was not okay and they just kind of went with it and then also he was super powerful, so they couldn't just let him not do things. Like imagine how different the Clone Wars would have been if Anakin didn't do everything that he did. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, for the last parts of this book, um, just a quick little interesting facts. This is probably this is the first time that we get introduced to Asajj Ventress in canon. Uh, between oh, like the relationship between, yeah, but obviously like her as a Jedi, her as a youngling, that's before. But the introduction between Obi Wan and Anakin and Saz Ventress, this is the first time they meet. Um, also, we this is the first time that Obi Wan realized there's something going on with Padme and Anakin, and really shows him as an enabler to that problem. And um, I thought it was really cool about this is Anakin is getting used to his robotic arm. So Kanduku has cut his off his arm. He's slowly but surely getting used to it. Uh, one of the cool factors is his, this is the first time he gets to fight somebody with a lightsaber um, with that arm. So he's kind of getting used to the power and really cool, like, really cool reveal about the arm going forward. And you definitely see it throughout the Clone Wars. So this book was interesting, obviously not as good as the book last week, but um, just fun little stuff. Uh, you could definitely see Anakin was eventually going to become a master with an apprentice. There's a character in here that kind of has that role of Ahsoka. And it would have been really interesting. This was a Zabrak character. So oh. I, I'm... I, I want to know more stories about this because Anakin and her really form a really solid relationship. And I really wonder how it would have played out if she was Anakin's apprentice. So 
a lot, a lot of interesting stuff in this. Uh, well, it's, it's stuff like that that also makes me think: what What would it have been like if Anakin, you know, didn't go to the dark side for whatever reason, and he wasn't her master, but he was influential in Leia's training? Like, what type of Jedi would Leia have been at, with Anakin's influence? Honestly, I think he would have had a better relationship with Leia than Luke. I feel like he gravitates more towards women than, than he does men. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, <laughs> because all, all all his relationships, like true. even like even his like friendly friendly relationships, are with them. Like Ahsoka, parental relationship, obviously Padme, his mother, um, this character, like and all, all the his dudes relationships. Were jerks to him. Like I guess he had Obi Wan, yeah. who's Obi Wan did a lot of things right, but he was also really hard and yeah. at some points. But this book explains too, like him as a Padawan and Obi-Wan as a master wasn't the best pairing. And Obi-Wan at the end of this book really says like, I messed up. Like he tried to live up to what Qui-Gon wanted him to be and what the Jedi wanted him to be as a master. And at the end of the book, he realized he's like, I shouldn't have did it like that. I should have been more like Qui-Gon. I should have been a little bit more loose with him because that's what Anakin needed. And it, it really shows how their relationship changed from episode two to episode three to where they're more brothers than they are bickering like they are in episode two. Like the power dynamic shifting between Jedi Knight and him being a master was really beneficial in their relationship going forward. They could banter. They could feel like they're equals with each other. And, and it, it, it's really cool that you see that transition between their relationship. I'll have to read this now because the dynamic between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan wasn't good either, but Yoda had a very specific intention on putting them together. And I wonder if something similar happened. Like the, uh, uh, I don't know if I remember, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but the whole point of putting Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon together was because Obi-Wan was super rebellious or yeah, he was super rebellious. So in order to keep Obi-Wan in line, they gave someone who didn't, like, respect the council. And when Obi-Wan rebelled against Qui-Gon, he ended up falling more into the Jedi code. Because he <laughs> essentially two negatives make a positive was Yoda's idea. And it yeah. worked. He put um he put him there and he, he rebelled. He butted heads against Qui-Gon and it set him on the straight and narrow. So I wonder, well, obviously, you know, Yoda was super against um, Anakin in general. So... Maybe it wasn't the same, but I always thought that was interesting. Uh, and speaking about that, um, on the 26th of this month, they're going to be having the book called Apprentice. And it's going to be a book about Obi-Wan as an apprentice and really contemplating the relationship between him and Qui-Gon and also his relationship with the Jedi. Does he want to continue forward as a Jedi? So he's going to be questioning that in the book. And it's going to be a short read. I believe it's like seven hours, eight hours. So... That might be interesting too. I, I definitely have that on pre-order already, so we'll is see how that Claudia is. Gray? Um, I don't know. I think it was like Alex something. I have to double check. I don't think it's Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray, man. Whenever she writes something, that's a hit. Yeah, she does. She, I, I've, I've like pretty much everything she's done. Um, but I do though. Yeah. Is that, is that it for today? Um, last thing. Um, Crimson Rain finished. So. I, you said you didn't get a chance to read this one? No, and it's it's not like it's it's not exactly my cup of tea. 
this story is super interesting. So for anybody that's an OG fan and likes the the story between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the, Je the Jedi, I, I want to say this is a must read because it really shows how the Empire becomes vulnerable to where the Rebels are really able to put up a fight with them. So previously to this series, we had the War of the Bounty Hunters. And in this story, basically, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Kira gets a hold of Han Solo's body uh, in Carbonite and has an auction with all the, crim the, the criminal enterprises as well as the Empire for Han Solo's body. And this is the beginning of basically her line of chaos. So she already hit a really big blow to the huts. The huts are basically completely gone at this point to where it's only Jabba in the hierarchy of the huts, like controlling all the hut enterprise. And in this story, in the beginning, she gets a group together that are basically going to cause chaos for the empire throughout the galaxy. So you have the Knights of Ren, you have Ochi of Bastoon, you have the Orphans, you have the, um, oh my gosh, the Ark, the, I'm totally blanking on her name. Such a really cool, the, our, it, 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 she's like connected to the Forks. Like she's, she's, I'm totally blanking on her name. Mary? But she has like a whole, but a whole, but no, almost like that. But it's a whole bunch of a group of people that are going to be just causing chaos throughout the empire. Her main mission is to destroy the Sith and give power to the galaxy at large to where the Sith aren't controlling it. So she studied under Maul and has really got the information that a lot of people don't have and has shared this information with this group that Palpatine is a Sith Lord and his name is Darth Sidious as well as Anakin being Vader. And her main mission is to cause problems in the Empire you go throughout the series, you, she gives different missions to these set groups. The orphans are set to the criminal underground, the Black Sun and the Pikes, and she causes them to fight. Ochi of Bastoon goes after the Emperor himself and really just wants to show the galaxy that the Empire, the Emperor is weak, or not weak, but vulnerable. He actually kicks out 10 Royal Guards. And if you guys know what Royal Guards are capable of, this is a really big feat. He poisons all of them. Down. <laughs> exactly. Um, she even tries to recruit Yoda to her cause. And this is where the Arcan the oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Really cool character. Arcadish. Uh, oh my gosh. What are, what are you? The archivists. There you go. The archivist goes even to Dagobah looking for Obi for Yoda, and she almost finds him. She gets stuck in the dark side cave, and it completely changes her. Yoda ends up helping her out, and she leaves, leaving Yoda alone. But Yoda was super close to being found out by Kira. And throughout the book, she even like lets the Empire know, the, the troopers within the Empire, the troopers within the Rebels, and throughout the, all the criminal undergrounds to really start causing chaos. This is the, basically the prelude to the main story that's going to be coming, I believe, in August. Or I forgot exactly when, but it's going to be a really, really cool story. It keeps it keep sounding like they're building up to something. Yeah, like this story, like it's definitely a prelude. It's not the main piece of this. But I'm, I'm excited for it because it even shows like another another instance of Sith um, artifacts. 
And it was actually really cool. I didn't mention this, but the Knights of Ren actually raid uh, Vader's castle and have a battle with Vader. Oh, wow. And, and you even see some Sith monsters, Sith creatures as they're going for this Sith artifact, which is basically a timepiece, like a, a Sans, uh, what are those called? Like a hourglass. An hourglass. Yeah. So they have found an hourglass. I don't know what it's capable of yet. But it looks like it's going to be interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for Star Wars news. Those are the big ones. Yeah, I'll definitely have to keep my eyes out for for the the Apprentice book. That's probably that's probably more yeah. my speed, <laughs> especially if it's yeah. going to be short. They also have another book, uh, Clone. Oh my, it's the Tales of the Jedi. It's not Tales of the Jedi. That's the series a lot coming of- out. But they have a lot of like short stories about the Clone Wars. These are original stories. They've done this before uh, exclusively for the Clone Wars, but a lot of them were like retellings of episodes. But these ones are going to be original. Uh, supposedly, a couple of them are really good. I'm thinking of possibly picking that up. I've heard the Saj Ventress story is really, really good, as well as a couple of other ones. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, cool. I do think that sums it up for today, though, Tilo. Do you have um, anything else you would like to tell everyone? Oh, I missed with your face there. Uh, before we head out? <laughs> no, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, like like always, I'm going to be on Twitch streaming my GCs. I'm probably going to be doing it on YouTube as well. And we're working on TikTok. I just need to hit the requirements, and then I'll probably be streaming on there as well. So doing all three of those at the same time. If anyone wants to check out as well for my uh, YouTube, I had just posted today kind of a crash course for Malagus talking about how to mod him, what Omicrons is probably going to need, where his relic level needs to be, the comps is going to be used, and etc. So if you guys want to check that, I put the, the link right there. And I think that's that's pretty much it for today. Um, go ahead and raid Thisk, but yeah, we'll go ahead and do that now so that I can actually have the raid timed correctly with the the sound off here but thanks everyone for being here um we appreciate you guys as always remember to join the discord to participate in the who's kid is it anyways and as always stay mad awesome